Okay, so we've just been <laughs> talking about a bunch of things, but you want to riff with me today on about personality types. We love this. I know. And I just, I love how comics are like experts in this because they're such observers. They're always like noticing. Well, they they make fun of all personality types without even, without maybe even they know. totally know. Or they totally know. Right. <laughs> they actually have a personality type <laughs> underground <laughs> club where they really study the profiles yes. and act like they don't know. Yeah. But yeah. So today I'm going to talk about well, there's so many assessments out there. So can I just first before it, well, I'm going to talk about seven myths that I mean, I'm sure there's other myths, <laughs> but these are Sunday's seven myths. Mm. Uh, you ready? Yeah. Uh, I think that it often come up around personality. These are the types. seven life changing. Yeah, myths. The, that's right. Thank you. Very the much. others yeah, are just, just kind of little myths. They're little myths. <laughs> these are the big myths. Myths that you is never a hard knew. word to say. <laughs> it is. It kind of is. Mm-hmm. Myths. Okay, now I'm going to overthink it. What is your favorite personality <laughs> type? Can I just, I'm not, not type. I didn't mean that. What is your favorite personality test? Do you have a favorite? My favorite personality test. Gosh. You sounded really not interested when you just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just such a, I'm a terrible person at like, what's your favorite oh, oh, ice cream okay. flavor? Well, would you like and to I, think, that's right. Uh, I, I did the wrong thing to you. You did. How about I, I'm You don't know my personality <laughs> I, that type. That was so rude. Ready? Let me try that again. <laughs> Jacqueline. Do you have a do you have, do you lean towards a favorite? I feel like they all have their own strengths and weaknesses, and I think that's actually what's powerful about personality tests. It's like every one you can draw something from, but for the sake of like answering a question, for the sake of my question, um, I would. Say, I love the way she grounds this though, doesn't yeah. she? Yeah, you know. Well, actually, I tend to lean towards the Enneagram mostly just because it's the one that I know the most about. Mm-hmm. Um, I, because I work with a company that focuses on this a lot, I feel like I've learned yeah. a lot about uh, Myers-Briggs, Sunday through you, Personalysis, um, Steve through you. But I really like how the Enneagram is very, it's very holistic. Mm-hmm. But I think the important thing to note about all personality tests is like to not let it put you in a box that mm-hmm. you can have, you can resonate with different parts of each personality test and it will still mean something to you. But you right. don't necessarily have to be that one thing that right. they are, like, pegging you as. Yeah, I think she's trying to give away one of the myths. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. And, it, and it, I, I really, I've always loved Myers-Briggs, but I really have fallen in love with Discovery Insights lately. So I think it's yeah. my new favorite, only because I'm really fascinated by communication styles, and that one focuses so much on communication styles. And I, I like that it talks about who you are, when you, your developed self and then who you are in your slippers is what they call it. You know, like slippers. just kind of like without thinking the mm-hmm. who you are, because we have our show up at work person and then we have our at home person. And that I love that they think about those things through the lens of that in a personality assessment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Steve, did you have time to think or do we <laughs> do we did, wow. do we still need to give you a minute? Well, you alluded to Jacqueline. <laughs> the one I'm certified in is called personalysis. Mm hmm. I love it because there's so much depth of insight and, you know, I can now walk around and try to <laughs> figure people out Yeah, because you, you realize so many of the themes in it. But I hesitate to say it's my favorite because it's not a well-known one. It's not like a free mm-hmm. publicly used. Right. It's a proprietary algorithm they use. So it's like no one knows yeah. about it. And it's really complex. So it's not easy to talk about. So I wouldn't say it's I my totally favorite. I totally agree. I, I couldn't understand it on my own until you unpacked that one for me. Right, which there's so many out there like that, but everyone when in conversation uses things more like Myers-Briggs. Certain circles lately talk about Enneagram a lot, or in the past, DISC was big. Oh, or yeah. Strengths Finders mm-hmm. is kind of 
Honestly, I, maybe, I think it's maybe my favorite because it's the more widely known, mm-hmm. easy to talk about. It's like actual common language. Yeah, there's you actually walk away knowing what your strengths yeah. are too with specific words. Yeah, too. I love that. And but so, yeah, to your point, Jacqueline, I think that's maybe one of the more shallow ones. Like you learn about your strengths, but it doesn't necessarily get into all the inner workings of how people are wired. Right. In general, though, I I I, I think I agree with your what you're saying, Jacqueline, how to be careful with them because. I think in general, like, this is all subliminal. Most of us think, like, oh, there were these personality types that existed millions of years ago. And all mm-hmm. the humans were, like, made out of these types. <laughs> and it's like, no, actually, the, all the different systems just look for patterns mm-hmm. among the types of people that exist and the different, like, layers you have. And mm-hmm. so, of course, it's not all going to be 100% accurate. I feel like people always get worked up. Like, I took that test and it wasn't, Wrong. there was one bullet point that wasn't true <laughs> about like, me. What about the other 200? <laughs> and it's like, you know? that's okay. That's yes. Right. In fact, when I'm unpacking it with people, and I just was doing this on Tuesday, sometimes when they look at the list, I'll say, what's, like, let's just say there's a section on your strengths. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, what's the one that you just need, if you could tell your team one thing about you, what's the one that you, that you, you just have, they have to know? And they love like uh, focusing on the one. And then I'm also like, are there any that you disagree with? I always love to give people the opportunity to say, because the truth is it's a, it's a generalization. Mm-hmm. There's no way a generalization can get you, Jacqueline, perfectly right or you perfectly right. Yeah. It's just a generalization. Yeah. And I think that's Why so do people important. love them so much oh my God. i feel like it's love or hate that's what's so interesting uh-huh. too. Oh, well and i feel like that depends on your personality totally type. Uh-huh. Right? Like, like do not they're like don't put okay. me in a box oh yeah and it's oh, like yeah. okay settle down okay. yeah just <laughs> like you're well, gonna be fine we're just trying to understand you like truly i feel like personality tests and personality types just help us like make sense of each other right yeah. it gives us language that i jacqueline can better understand you sunday but i feel like in the world we live in People, I think, really enjoy operating in extremes. So mm-hmm. when you're in the middle on something, <laughs> it's like, well, what do we do? What do mm-hmm. we do with that? How do we make sense of all this information that we're learning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys know that. Sometimes I talk about, I, so I have five kids. You guys know that. But for podcasters, there's five of them out there. And I meet some families where they all love the same things. Like they all love the same football team. Or they, and I feel like I have five freaking kids Very different. that nobody loves the same thing. So on the personality assessment... Titus definitely was like he when I told him about this, I think in his teen years, he he read every book. He researched it. His personality type was like, this is so much fun. Noah was like, if you speak of this once at dinner, I'm walking away from the table. That's funny. (laughs) And see, I okay, I'm going to say an extreme here and venture to say from my experiences in rooms of people, there are the people who love this stuff like I nerd out on it and I study it. And I like it and people don't. Yeah. But in a room, once you start calling out things about like people love to be understood. Yes. So as soon as it calls something out about them or they get to say the one thing I want you all to know about me. Yeah. Then everyone loves it. Everyone suddenly is like couldn't stop talking about it because you feel under. I think it's because you feel understood. It's like you want people to understand you. Yeah. I think that's why people love it. Yeah. Because I feel like you already often know yourself, but seeing it out in writing helps you know yourself even more and in a different way with words that maybe you couldn't think of. Mm-hmm. I love that too. It's like, oh, thank you. Well put, document. That's what's always been floating around in my brain that I could never put my finger on. Yeah. One of my favorite ones in this season of life is I'm starting to think about the personality types and, and whatnot with family members. And all of a sudden, like things that have 
happened our whole life or dynamics you like start to understand better i i love that that sense of like oh that's why someone does that or that's like yes that's always kind of been how they do this or that yeah all right let's jump into the first one and i really feel free to you know chime in on ones that you think of but these are the seven that in general i've noticed that people number one is your personality type defines your success in certain types of jobs i thought i would mention that one because not true (laughs) Like, you'd be surprised. Now, there's sometimes what I notice, like, if you'll read, what's the book? Uh, what type am I? The Myers-Briggs one has one, like, where it talks that, I mean, there's a whole book on, like, here's the personality type, and these are typical jobs You're that right. people, it's sometimes a guidance, but it should never be used as a you will or will not be successful relative to what you came out as. In fact, there's a documentary you and I yeah. you sent to us where there was a was a lawsuit or a conversation, but it was not good where this one company basically said, in order to get this role, you have to be this certain personality type. And that. Yeah. And the one I've kind of heard the most just in people's conversations is whatever system, typing system you're talking about, there's usually one that's more the type A, like decisive, action oriented, a little more like loud and bold type of person Mm -hmm. and the assumption I think it's starting to change but for many years the assumption was like oh that's the executive that's the leader like the person who rises up and gets promoted yeah the person who's like that those yeah and it's actually quite the opposite statistically yeah Yeah, because I think often what they think of is extroverts are the the top of the chain and what we find is is there's also a ton of successful introverts out there yeah who are the leaders Mm -hmm. so absolutely also that actually brings me to the point of when people say so i've had some people come into my office when i had one (laughs) now it's a virtual one (laughs) yeah (laughs) and they would feel as though the results just really didn't match up with them and so that's the reason I'll have a conversation with people about that i'm like okay that's fair and sometimes i'll actually just push it aside because you can tell they're like a little pissed you know Mm -hmm. This is why it's so un- important to understand that it's it's a psychological test. It's not scientific. That means you can you can answer however you want to, and the results can change yeah. <laughs> relative to what mood you're in, what your setting was that day, and so often that is the case. That it's it's basically what you think of yourself. So that's not a hundred percent accurate, right? So I think that's worth mentioning, which is why I don't think a certain type can define the success of a job, because you can trick things, you can... And how do you feel when you're filling out an assessment for a job? You're like a nervous wreck. Yeah. You're trying to figure out what they want you to say sometimes. Exactly. You're always, you're almost always trying to present yourself mm-hmm. in what they are looking for. Yeah. So that's a myth. I feel like many people with all different personality types, it's just it's really about how you show up how and how aware you are of yourself and the surroundings and do you work on yourself? Mm-hmm. I, I'll make a note there that I, I've noticed in working with different assessments over the years, I do think s- some of the better ones, they plan for that better. The, there are certain systems that are not just looking at your answers to the question, which you can game. Right. But they're also they're they're also or sometimes mainly looking for how you how you decide to answer the question, mm-hmm. and they ask the same questions in different ways, and there's different things that they can do to to kind of negate like what your actual answer was. So I've noticed that that some of the better assessments that are more consistent. Well, like take for instance, for if that. you take the certified Myers Briggs one, like mm-hmm. if a if a certified instructor, it's 96 questions. Yeah, it's long. <laughs> it's because they ask it over and over and over and over and over again in different ways. If you take the the free one, 16 personalities, it's like 
20 or 15 questions. Mm -hmm. So there's a difference. Yeah, of how much self-awareness you have, how honest you're being, the state Mm -hmm. you're in. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Uh So number two myth is just that your personality type is set in stone. A lot of times people think that it, this is it. It is it forever. This is who I am. And really, it's it's not at all. <laughs> to me, what is set in stone sometimes is the awareness that the conversation, that the, that the personality assessment brought to you. And then as you evolve over time, it, actually, you might retake it years later and potentially the results change, which is why, by the way, I love the discovery one. Discovery because, insights? Yeah, because it actually will try to distinguish the the skills you've worked on huh. versus the like when I'm not thinking at all. Yeah. Yeah. So like can your personality type change based on the work you've done? Like how does that work? Yeah. And and I'm I'm and I'm not gonna actually because yeah. I feel like there's gonna be psychologists who listen to this and call us and say, yeah. No. Because if you read <laughs> yeah. articles, there's very no, differing for sure. opinions for on sure. yeah. whether or not they're like, No, 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 you're a seven for life mm. on the Enneagram. Or mm. some people really believe that that's your your <laughs> core forever. And then others believe like, oh no, it can flex and change over time. Mm. So my own opinion, mm-hmm. is that okay? Yeah. My own opinion yeah. is is that that I always try to get people to think about themselves in their 20s. Like, what personality test I took in my 20s versus now the age I'm at? The letters have changed. The numbers have changed. Because I've developed myself in so many ways, especially around organization. That's mm-hmm. actually the one I would say. Mm-hmm. However, I when I reflect back at myself in my 20s, or I reflect back at myself, this is the state I love to use, on vacation. Mm, I often really am the first. So on Myers-Briggs, I come up as an ENFP. Mm-hmm. On vacation, I am I am a true blue ENFP. In results at work, many times I've come out as a J. Because, very close, by the way, not a huge day. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but enough because uh, I've, I have five kids. I've had a career. I'm very organized. I don't like to be surprised all the time. Now I like to plan for things. Things like that. But yeah. if I don't have to. I don't want to. Yeah. So that's, I guess, what I just mean by the set in stone. It's not set in stone because we develop. Right. Well, that brings out an interesting point that some personality systems are a little more focused on behaviors and some are a little more focused on like Mm, inner motives. And so very true. I, I wouldn't disagree with you on it, yeah. but I have a different take being the great, being well, certified. Already I feel differently from I mean, there's a different take I'm feeling already from your statement there. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK, so like I'm I primarily use personalysis and it's it's got some similarities to disk if people are familiar with that. But there's a lot more depth. And what what I like about it is they don't say, hey, this is who you are. You are a number three and you're always that mm-hmm. they put it in three different boxes that represent different parts of your life. Because I think that's a little more true to life. Like you are different in different types of scenarios. And so the three are kind of around your passions, around um, your needs, and around your communication. Mm -hmm. And what tends, like statistically, they've studied it over decades, and they've found that what tends to happen is those first two, the passions and the needs, stay consistent from birth to death pretty much unless you've had like massive brain trauma mm-hmm. but the middle one the communication style does change a lot which is a little more in the vein of what you're talking about so i don't disagree because you're talking yeah. more about the behavioral stuff you're right like that of course changes all all kinds i mean especially if you're working on yourself it changes a lot or based on certain like experiences you've had yeah absolutely i love that though the motivations don't change and that's why on vacation i'm still always who i am <laughs> you're not motivated at work <laughs> I'm- 
You're motivated on vacation. No, I am motivated at work, and I am not motivated on vacation. I don't want to do anything. Depends what we're talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Come on, Joe. This is when you're supposed to rescue me, I feel like. <laughs> no, I like it. Joe is silent. He's silent. <laughs> Jacqueline, you talked about your passion for Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, like thoughts on what we were just talking about related to that? Yeah, honestly, I relate a lot to what you're saying, Steve, as far as like with the Enneagram, a lot of the understanding of the Enneagram is also understanding where you move to when you're stressed or when you feel secure or in other words, like when you're maybe in a healthy place versus a place where you're leaning on things to help you get through a really stressful time. So one time I heard this described as like you're climbing a tree and if you grab a higher branch, you're climbing higher and that's helping you uh, uh, succeed and gain strength. And if you have to grab a lower branch, it doesn't mean that you're failing. It just means you need to back up a little bit and find security in where you're going. So you'll lean on other parts to help you move through the stressful part of climbing the tree, if that makes sense. I'm tracking with you. I think that that is a helpful like visual. Yeah. It's not necessarily about good or bad. So when you're moving in these areas of security and stress, it helps you decide what you need to lean on in order to move through a particular situation. So I would say the Enneagram, I feel like is most helpful when you're working through different areas of your life. So I would say different maybe from... Uh, DISC or Myers-Briggs, I feel like those tend to be helpful professionally. I'm not saying that the Enneagram isn't helpful professionally because it is, but I think the Enneagram helps you think through more interpersonally in your relationships. Mm -hmm. Like I have found that people find the most value in the Enneagram when they're working through friendships, marriage, relationships at work too, I think. But all in all, it helps you move through the different parts of your life, which as I'm saying that, I recognize how like squishy that sounds, <laughs> which is probably why I feel like a lot of people, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the Enneagram and a lot of people struggle with it because mm-hmm. it is very fluid. Yeah, and I think yeah. if you don't know yourself very well, like I actually think it takes a lot of like understanding, like I studied it for like five or six years before I really felt like I understood what my number is. But like nobody wants to do that, right? Like you want to take a test and like be done. So anyways. I said something to another coach yesterday. It was like, and everyone thinks it's this or that. And it's like, no, it's Mm. this and that. And she goes, she just started laughing. She's like, yeah, that's a very coach thing to say, Steve. Like this and that. that That's so the world. Because it's not an elimination. No, we're just not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, myth number three is it's very, very sliding actually into this one is your personality is an excuse for your behavior. Yeah, it's not an excuse for your behavior. But some people do that. You'll hear some people say, well, I'm sorry, I'm a three, you know, or well, I can't shut up in a meeting because I'm an extrovert or, you know, or, you know, it's like they they make an excuse. In fact, it should be the exact opposite. It should be like, oh, my gosh. I see why. Okay, so for example, and you've heard me say this before, like I could be a squirrel and also another one described as an ENFP on the spectrum that I am sometimes is like I'm a butterfly, like a butterfly that gets just like, oh, 
like very distracted by things and I'll come but then I come back on course but I really do have those moments but that can also be a weakness I also start a lot of things and don't finish them so I learned that really young about that that was a really really strong weakness start things don't finish because I always want to start the new and shiny thing yeah and then what starts to get tedious and long I'm like never mind yeah so if you know that about yourself then do something about it you actually (laughs) to be successful in life Sunday actually have to finish things right it's like the point of the awareness is to be able to manage yourself better not to have excuses or to criticize others sometimes it's like oh well she's such an extrovert she's such a a p of course she does that and it's kind of like that cannot feel that doesn't feel good to the person either either. yeah because then you're they're feeling typed and labeled as well Mm -hmm. and not giving a play any grace for development Hmm. yeah grace for development that's what we're about here at greenhouse (laughs) Shut up. We'll take this break for a message. Do you need grace for development? For a message from our sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> so, any other thoughts on that one? Just, I think it is what it is, right? Yeah. I think we're all familiar with that one. Yep. Number four, introverts aren't energized by people. I just had to throw that one in there because introverts are always feel oh, very man. misunderstood. Oh my gosh, I relate with this so much. I think for a long time I would say I'm an introverted extrovert. Like yeah. I know when to turn it on when I need to. Yes. I know when to show up and not hide behind a book, but I don't get my well, I wouldn't even say that. I feel very energized yeah, no. being in this room with y'all. Yes. But I would say I feel the most like myself when I have had a couple hours in the afternoon. Mm-hmm complete silence, mm-hmm. complete aloneness. Like yeah. that right. is that is what refills my energy tank. It doesn't mean that I don't that like I love being with people. Like people mm-hmm. are like my passion, but like that doesn't necessarily like rejuvenate me. Right. So the myth sense. so the myth is that they yeah. think that you're only good yes. alone. Yes. And Whereas like, that's not true at all. No, yeah. They oh, just gosh. need mm-hmm. their space. Yes. But yes. they're often so excited to be around people. It's just yes. it has its limits. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Again, I one have of those strong things that... end yeah. dates on <laughs> time yeah. with people. I'm like, yeah. and we're finished. That's yeah. so true. Yeah. yeah. And Sorry, it's not a, it's not like uh, a very black and white thing. It's I'm an extrovert on that scale, but and you guys know this about me. I actually need sometimes entire days in my week. Definitely huge blocks of many hours mm-hmm. of alone thinking time to be at my best. Like if I'm around people all day, I'm also not good right but i'm an extrovert like so yeah i think sometimes when we make it too this or that it actually well then then we'll just combine with number four and five because five is extroverts are always energized by people i think that to your point is people assume oh you are an extrovert so therefore you're always good with people or you're always gonna want to enjoy that and i'm like Oh, no. <laughs> Just like you, I need lots of... We're humans. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. people treat it as categories, not like a totally. continuum. So it's like, totally. you're an extrovert, so you have to so be energized by people. There. Or you're yeah. an introvert, so you have mm-hmm. to be energized yeah. by being alone. Oh, now you speak up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave you hanging there, but, but now... <laughs> Joe's like, I, uh, I represent both groups. I'm here to... I'm, I'm on 60% of... extrovert, 40% introvert. I mean, come on. <laughs> but actually, no, to your point, though, if you if you actually take the certification results you'll see that there is a spectrum yeah. and i think that's yeah. also misunderstood too like how far of an yeah. introvert yeah. how far of an extrovert you are yeah i've heard someone describe it once as like okay there's you know roy g biv like just standard colors but there's many different shades of like blue there's many different shades of red so like 
you, Steve, as an extrovert, you could be like a dark blue extrovert, but mm-hmm. Sunday, you could be like a sky blue mm-hmm. extrovert, right? Like these two different. Right. I feel like dark this blue. sounds so <laughs> like woo woo right so now. So now we have a tree <laughs> and we have. <laughs> we're climbing. We have climbing sky the blue. Tree. And Toward we have the deep sky, blue. you reach okay, really resonate with me okay actually they're adorable (laughs) and i actually really like that you go there i just want you to reach higher toward that light sky blue (laughs) poor jacqueline i feel like our listeners are like who is this okay no i want to say a thing that's do you want to say yes and i want to i'm not even looking at sunday i want to help say something helpful to introverts and Mm. jacqueline as a representative of the eyes i am amongst three e's you better it's a big burden you can chop me down afterwards if I get it wrong because I'm a little more on the extrovert side. But being married to an introvert, like studying, working with this stuff, coaching people, mm-hmm. I often hear, you know, there's whole books for introverts now that are mm-hmm. like, quiet is powerful and introverts can speak up. And it's like, because it is hard, mm-hmm. especially in the professional world, to kind of like influence and get your mm-hmm. foot in the door sometimes when you're the mm-hmm. quieter or the more in process inwardly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think sometimes when we have those categories in life, we also shoot ourselves in the foot by like continuing to believe that narrative about ourselves, right? This happens in so many areas of life. And I think for introverts, there's, there becomes a limiting belief that happens. Mm -hmm. I hear him say it all the time. It's like, well, I can't like influence in the room because I'm an introvert or I don't Mm -hmm. like get the attention or the like kudos because I'm an introvert. Mm -hmm. And I actually think, it's almost 100% opposite is true that if and when you speak up as introvert, mm-hmm. you have the most power in the room because it's kind of like boy who cried wolf. Like because mm-hmm. you haven't been saying a bunch, mm-hmm. what you say is like people boom. listen and there's a boom factor. Yeah. And I I mean, arguably, if you are more of an internal processor, you have been thinking through what you want to say. So you're not necessarily speaking out of turn, right? Like you're And sometimes you have the through. more helpful yes. or meaningful yeah. point to make. Like yeah. sometimes you actually have the the interesting thought or the thing that's that's kind of not being said or so And sometimes that's connected to the fact that to your point where they've been thinking about it for a while is that they often don't process their thinking out loud. So when they actually speak, it's it's already well thought out. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas extroverts are like, la, 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 la. <laughs> as we're trying to find our good point, yeah, yeah. we will just keep talking. And, to, and then we're like, boom. Yeah. But it's a lot of noise until right. boom. One of my favorite... Sunday, you coached me on this very early on, like early. I had been with Greenhouse for like six months and you had joined um, not too long after that. And we at the time were working with a big group of people who are helping us work through a project. And I very much was living in that limiting belief of like, I don't know when to speak up. I don't really feel like I have a leg to stand on at this table of these people who are all the experts in their field and I'm just like the admin coordinator in the background working through it. And so at the time, my like go-to response would just be to like sit back and I often had like a very blank look on my face when internally I was just processing everything Mm -hmm. at the table. But Sunday, you coached me through even when I'm processing, if I'm showing that I'm an active listener, not only does that help my appearance at the table? But perhaps that would give me more room to lean in and say, you know, I'm noticing this in this conversation. Can we mm-hmm. talk about this? It gives me more of an opportunity to say, I've been observing, like naming where I'm at at the table and then, you know, kind of processing yeah. through that. So like you're saying, Steve, 
I don't I don't think it's actually helpful for introverts to live in this place of like, well, I'm an introvert, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit here yeah. and be quiet. Right. It's helpful yeah. to have the awareness that that might be a dynamic in right. the world, but when we take it on as a limiting belief, like this narrative that's true all the time, it's not. It's it's but we kind of like to write books about that type of stuff. So I know I know that's like I wouldn't be popular for saying it that way, but I actually think that can be helpful for an introvert or, you know, there's there's similar things for extroverts. I feel like the summary of so many takeaways with taking personality assessments is just being a self-aware individual. Taking these assessments start to bring your level of self-awareness about yourself and about others. And that is really what it's meant to do. Notice that others at the table need a moment to think and need a moment to speak. Be quiet for a minute. Pause so that others can have a moment. It's about raising your self-awareness. So let's move to number six. And we already kind of, it's we, we're being fluid in our conversation today, but laid back personalities are disorganized. I just really like to just call that one out because I'm that person. Yeah. That's why I put the myth there. <laughs> Once again, the big life changing <laughs> myth. For Sunday, subtext for Sunday. So I really do have the typical bucket of a very disorganized person, but like you asked my husband, he's like, she doesn't, I am so organized in so many things and in my house, very organized. And like, mm -hmm. so I just, and also I need a lot of the opposite where the letter or the type might be that they fall into the organized bucket and they're not organized. Mm -hmm. So I think that sometimes the buckets of organization are too heavily dependent on certain numbers or certain letters. Mm. Yeah. And it's almost like, I think it's just a little bit, any thoughts on that? Just the personality type doesn't always guarantee the sense of organization. Yeah. Mm. My mind goes straight to artists. I think you have mm. like a whole spectrum of artists. Mm -hmm. Some are extremely disorganized and that's actually like how they mm -hmm. do what they do. And some are like, everything <sighs> is in its exact place. So true. And you could take any... It's like if they're a neat artist or they're a messy artist, yeah, right? And yeah. Then, yeah. You could probably take any profession and do that. But I just, yeah. for some reason, artists came to mind because yes. it's like very apparent. Mm -hmm. seen. So there's not much to say about that one. That's really what I wanted to say. The last one is number seven. And this one's really focused a little... I, I focused it a little around the Enneagram, but it's really anything. It's just that there's there's not one number or one type that results in being better than another. And so I actually, specifically for those that might be interested in the Enneagram, listed out the one through nine. And I really wanted to ask Jacqueline to speak into that a little bit, but we have, okay, for me to go, because unless you know by heart already. Okay, one is the perfectionist reformer. Two is the helper giver. Three is the achiever. Four, individualist romantic. Five, observer investigator. Six, loyalist devil's advocate. Seven, enthusiast. Epicure? I actually don't. Anyone? <laughs> nope. No, I've never Let's heard just say that. Enthusi <laughs> epi what, what does epicure I mean? I am an epicure. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like someone needs to get their phone out and look at it. <laughs> um, number Google eight, that boss one? challenger, nine, peacemaker, mediator. So I just asked, mm. like, like, I think that I'd love for you to, because you, you know yeah. more about it than mm -hmm. all of us. We're, we're learning about it, but... You've yeah. really done your research there. Just that mm -hmm. there is what about what is it that people do with the numbers? Sometimes they feel one is better or worse. Yeah. So I'll just like use myself as an example. Um, I would say I personally identify as a one, which is the perfectionist and reformer. And something that is hard when I'm talking about the Enneagram is when I tell people that I'm a one, they're like, ah, oh, you're the uh, perfectionist. And I'm like, <laughs> right. okay. okay. 
Yes, yes. Mm. I one I know this about myself. I one hundred percent do lean in that direction. But that is one facet of a very complex number. And every number, I should say, however you identify, everyone is very complex. Everyone is gonna lean into certain things, which kind of goes back to what I was saying about like the climbing the tree. As a one, I go to a four in stress. So a four is the like romantic individualist. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, um, fours and stress can be highly emotional. Well, that makes sense. I'm holding on to my emotions when I'm trying to work through something uh, very stressful. But when I'm secure, mm-hmm. when I'm in a place where I feel good, I'm feeling great, I move to a seven. And a seven is the is the epicure or like the we don't know what that <laughs> Which is. Which is a person who takes particular pleasure in fine food and drink. Oh, yeah. guys! Yeah, we wait, got three epicures really... over here. Oh, I'm a t- wow. such an epicure. I learned something new today. They see yeah. themselves as epicures, delighting in food that is properly totally, prepared. Totally, totally. And if and totally when I was really like leaning into like learning more about my number, I asked my husband. And I was like, when I'm stressed, what do you see in me? And when I'm um, happier in a good place or feeling secure, where do you see me? And he literally described it exactly as that. He was like, when you're stressed, you're really emotional. But when you're secure, you're bubbly and you're fun to be around. I when mean, if you're that secure, doesn't... Jacqueline, you're always like, bring me a nice sandwich, <laughs> gourmet. Uh-huh. Take this sandwich away. I feel as though Make you need to tell cocktail. your husband, epicure is the word you're looking for, honey. <laughs> I'm literally going to go home and tell him that today. But yeah, so you see like how it's very, very complex. Every number is going to have, or every personality type in this case, is going to have their own nuance to it. But again, I think that's what makes it really interesting. But I think that's also what makes it very difficult Mm -hmm. to like understand right off the bat and like understanding the nuances and not allow don't pass judgment on a certain number just because we've labeled them as Mm -hmm. the perfectionist or the reformer that doesn't mean that like in everything i do i'm a perfectionist Mm -hmm. that i wouldn't identify and even that word one is interesting some of them are like this one has the word perfectionist Mm -hmm. which culturally right Mm -hmm. now in america it's like um there's a negative connotation to the word yep and i find that's another thing that people can do almost more Mm -hmm. to themselves than others is like we think we, the first thing we do with our personality type is think about what's bad about it. Yeah. Like our yes, downsides. Yes. Now, it's funny because like based on your personality, you might lean more into the positive than the right. negative. Yeah. One is definitely going to start with what's wrong oh, yeah. with me. Right. Yeah. But it, I think all all types can do it. And, it mm-hmm. and that always makes me a little sad. Like being mm-hmm. somebody who's really into this stuff. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, there's like so much awesomeness in it. Yeah. Why do you immediately just think about yeah. what's so bad about your personality mm-hmm. type? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. like the perfectionist. Oh, my gosh. These are the people who make everything better. <laughs> like, why? Yeah. Why is it that <laughs> the first do. thing they think of is like, I know, I know. Oh, I'm just no, like such a perfectionist. Too. Yeah. Right. But we all. We, I mean, that's like a good word for me to hear this <laughs> yeah. morning. Like, oh, yeah, like that is that's like the positive of being someone who's detail oriented and like mm-hmm. and wants to see things look a certain way in the outcome it's mm-hmm. to improve mm-hmm. and make things better again that can also i mean always try always to improve things, yeah. but... it's like always <laughs> process improvement all the time <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
Well, I know yeah. we can talk about this forever. Yeah. At least I could. It's, it's so interesting to me. So maybe listeners out there, you were a skeptic mm. and you're like, okay, mm. maybe I'll see it differently or maybe. Oh, and let me had, tease. Oh, let me yeah, tease. Because oh, yeah. on a future episode, Sunny's going to talk with one of the people in our community and like talk about their personality type, mm. kind of do a, mm. you call it unpacking. I really like that word. Mm. Instead yeah. of like a personality debrief, <laughs> it's <laughs> just like unpacking your personality <laughs> assessment right. and and I always think it's fun to hear someone processing through it because you see those light bulbs of mm. like, oh, that's why I do that. Or, oh, this is how I could, you know, manage this better. Yeah. And you're going to do that like mm-hmm. live on the Live mic. with no edits. <laughs> <laughs> Joe. Joe's like, don't say that. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it was fun to talk with us about you. I think just to, to summarize, it's just yeah. to, to not put people in a box Mm. that it's really just about raising your own self-awareness and noticing others more and being self-aware of their type as well. Mm.